Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Pause I Am Radio. Your hosts for tonight's show are Robert Brining and Jeremy Dunn. They will be taking your calls and speaking with a different guest each week. You are encouraged to call in and share your life experiences with us. The number to call is 347-215-9442. That number again, 347-215-9442. Are you ready for your dose of hope? You are listening to Pause I Am Radio. And welcome to Pause I Am Radio. I'm your host, Robert Brining. This evening, my public co-host, Jeremy Dunn. Hello, Jeremy. Hola, como estas? I missed you last week, buddy. Yeah, yeah. It was a, it was an interesting week last week. <laughs> but you're all good. That's what's important. Uh, all good, all good. Just some family stuff I had to take care of. And, uh, <clears throat> and then on top of everything, I caught the flu. Oh, oh, it, was, it, it, it was It was a, yeah. I just wanted to crawl into a hole and die. Well, for those of you who uh, missed last week's show, um, like Jeremy did, we had an awesome guest on. We had Christopher Sharp on, who is a student who was actually uh, running um, uh, uh, for, um, I want to say, one of the positions in his student council for the University of Houston downtown, and there was a smear campaign that was passed out, um, basically flyers that had photos of him that said um, one AIDS, or if you don't want AIDS, don't vote for his uh, Christopher and, and Isaac's uh, homosexual agenda. And on the back it had actually all of um, Christopher's medical information, his records, the medicine he was on, his blood counts when he tested, things like that, his address, his phone number, like personal information that they were able to get a hold of, which we found out during the interview that he thinks they stole it from his backpack in school. Um, and they made these flyers to kind of um, – put an end to his campaign and kind of hide, make him hide and not want to run for this position in, at the school. And I think it kind of did the opposite. I think it kind of lit a spark under him. And, I, you know, the guy was talking about how brave he was to stand up and actually uh, go public with this all and talk about it and, and try to, you know, end the stigma. Did you get a chance to listen to uh, last week's show, Jeremy? Not yet. It's on my list of things to do. Well, it's a good one. You definitely don't want to miss it. And remember, you can download any of our past shows, including last week's, um, by going to uh, blogtalkradio.com backslash POSIM. You can listen to them all there, or you can actually download all of our past shows, all 265, because today's show is our 265th show, and you can download all of them for free off of iTunes. If you go to iTunes and just search under podcasts, and search for POSIM, you will get a list of all of our shows. We had some great ones um, you know, over the years, so I, I'm excited about it. So go go do Good. that. Go download some shows. Go do that. Go do it now. Wait, no, not now. <laughs> go, go do it after the show. Do it after the show, yes, yes. So um, one of the things I wanted to um, kind of talk about before our guest comes on tonight, because tonight we're going to be speaking with a friend of mine, Jason, who actually I, I kind of was in the works with doing something else, another project with him, but in the end, he was going to come on the show and share his story anyway, so we're going to do that first and have him come on and do that. He's going to talk about what it's like being a HIV-positive athlete. He plays uh, a bunch of sports, um, you know, that 
are somewhat physical, and, you know, he just recently came out to his teammates and things like that. So I kind of want to get, uh, you know, a feel of what that's like. You know, I myself, I play soccer, you know, and some other people that we've had on have been, you know, involved in sports, and, and some of us are out and some of us aren't. And Jason's going to come on and share his story of what it's like. Well, actually, it's funny because when I first interviewed him a couple months ago for this other project I was working on, he actually, his story was so similar to mine. Like, I couldn't believe it when I was reading it. I was like, wait a minute, I went through that. I mean, we've been positive for almost the same amount of time, I'm sure. Pretty sure we're close in age. We both dealt with, I believe, I believe, drug addiction and things about that. So we'll be talking about all that tonight uh, with Jason. But one of the things I wanted to talk about was this headline that kind of uh, brushed Facebook, I want to say, over the last week. And it comes out of Peru, and the the... Uh, article was actually found on Queerity.com, uh, if you go on there, um, and it's called Daddy Dearest, Sadistic Father Sets Gay HIV-Positive Son on Fire in Peru. So wow. the, the father, yeah, he actually said his son. So what the, the, the Peruvian daily newspaper, which we're going to mess up, La Region, reports that the dad's name is actually Hitler. How ironic is that? Um Hitler Benio Nunes, 49, doused his son, Roger, with gasoline and set him on fire after he had grown tired of being a laughingstock due to his son's homosexual inclinations. So, I mean, it's kind of absurd that this is going on. I mean, I think last year there was a story that came out of India that this happened. Do you remember talking about that, Jeremy? I, I think so. I think, um, well, unfortunately, there's a lot of, uh, if you go to Papua New Guinea, um, there are some tribes there that view HIV as um, witchcraft, and they do something similar there as well. That's crazy. I'm actually going to put the uh, URL to the article that we're talking about in the chat room for people uh, to uh, take a look at that. But that came out, I saw that on Facebook, uh, a friend of mine, Rob, actually, anytime he sees anything that is HIV-related, and a lot of my friends do this, they'll instantly either post it on my wall or send me an email. I'm like, did you see this? Because they know that we do the show every week, Jeremy, and we bring up a hot topic, and no matter what it is. And, you know, this is something that is, is, is crazy. I could not imagine this happening in the United States. Well, um, I, I think I can't imagine it happening here in the United States. We have some pretty ignorant people that live in this country. That is true. That is very true. But I, 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 I pray that it doesn't happen in the United States. Yeah, I, I would That's hope that it like doesn't that. either. You, you know, and um, and it, it's just there's a lot of things that happen in other parts of the world that um, that if if it should happen here in the United States, you know, we would all be flipping out and doing something about it. But but I think that you know it's it just it goes to show you that if you're gay and you have HIV, still in some places and some people still think you are uh, less than and um, and not worthy to be a human. That's true, and that's why we're fighting for equal rights. Exactly. Everyone. Everyone for everybody, except dogs. Dogs don't get to be equal. Somewhat close. Because they eat poop. Animals that eat poop, no equality. 
Are you so, there? Um, did I did yeah, I cause you to go speechless? I was taking a sip of my wine. Um, so. uh, oh, your wine. <laughs> yeah, so I decided to loosen up a bit. I'm in a good mood today, actually. Um, you know, oh, for really? a while. Yeah, well, yeah. For the like the last week or so, I've been in a really good mood. I, I kind of, you know, I, I, I talked about I'm going working out now. I'm kind of back in the swing of things. I know you talked about. I think you just started working out again too, didn't you, Jeremy? You're getting back yep, into I'm, it. I'm back into the routine. Yep. Matter of fact, I'm going to be there. Oh, it's great. I'll be there tomorrow morning at 7 a.m. Yeah, like. See, I, I've been going for now three weeks, and I, I just feel like a, a totally new person. I feel like extra energy. I feel like, I don't know, I just feel like I'm happier. I'm dedicated to it. I mean, the next thing is to quit smoking. Um, you know, but you battle each demon one at a time. <laughs> Smoking's, <laughs> yeah. Well, anyway, smoking is overrated. Yeah, I agree. It was cool when, you know, you were young, and now it's kind of hard to kick the habit, so... <laughs> um, I, I, but working out is, I mean, it's just kind of like it's, it's changed me and I feel like a new person. And um, I don't know why I was so afraid to do it for years. I mean, I've never gone to the gym. I never really was that gym person. And it kind of became something that I found attractive that people were doing. And I was like, I want to do this. I got to, you know, get myself in shape. It's important, you know, being HIV positive and living a healthy lifestyle, eating healthy and, and going to the gym and working out. So, I mean, for me, I, I just, I feel great about doing it. Good, and you should. I mean, and and because when you stop going after a while, you feel bleh. You know, you That's just feel true. like you've lost all. You feel like you've lost all your um, all of your energy, and and you just feel bleh. So yeah, and and if you're out of the loop for a while, it's always harder to get back into it. Yes, that's what I hear. I'm trying not to fall out of a loop, but I'll tell you what. Exactly. I've been, I, every time I go there, I run a mile on the elliptical. Um, you know what I mean? And I've been getting my my times down. I think that my the first time I started, my mile was you know eight minutes, and right. I literally got got my mile down yesterday for the, the for the best time that I've had it was actually four minutes and fifty two seconds. So, I mean, every day me running just that mile for me, the cardio is the best part for me. I feel like that's where I'm going to you know lose. You know, the weight that I want to lose. What, Robert, what weight do you have to lose? The, 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 no, I, I, there's, a, there's a gut that's forming. I've, I've, I've gained some pounds since working at the bagel factory. You know, since I, I eat bagels all the time, I'm eating there, and I, I've gained about 10 pounds, and, I, and I, I can see it. You all may not see it, but it's something that I see because I look at my body every day, and I can see that there's a difference. And I just want to tighten up your belly a little bit. I, I, I hear you there. I, I, I understand that. And one of the best ways to do that is lay off the wine. <laughs> After tonight. Yeah, exactly. After tonight. What's one more beer? What's one more glass of wine? No, I'm with you. I mean, it's just it, it, that belly fat is so hard to burn off. That's why I run. I think running is the best way to do it. You just sweat it away. You you run, <laughs> you you eat right. Um, you'll actually burn more fat um, by uh, lifting weights than you will with cardio. Yeah. So I, it's I think it's a balance of all of those things. 
Right. Well, I usually run like the mile when I first get there. It's usually the first thing I do. And then I'll move over to the machines and I'll do the abs and the chest and the forearms and the biceps and, and things of that nature. I don't go to the free weights. I'm not ready for that yet. That's a little too intimidating for me <laughs> with all those with all those people that are over there. I stick to the machines and, you know, it it works. It works. No, I, I'm I'm sorry. I, I'm getting a kiss right now. Um, Charlie had to come over and give me a big fat kiss on the on the face. Um, right. No, I, I I understand that. And and with free weights, you have to really worry about your form and um, and and, uh, and and how you actually lift them. You know, you don't want to. What I what I see all the time in the gym are these guys when they're doing curls. They they throw their whole upper body into it, and then they're rocking back and forth. You know, mm-hmm. that means well, a you're probably trying to lift too much weight too soon. <laughs> yeah. So and and men, you know, there's a lot of competition that go on, that goes on at the gym. So it's you know I want to lift this heavy weight and and I want to look masculine and and and, and butch and 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 you know, but. <sighs> It, don't do that. You're just going to hurt yourself. Yeah. See. See. That's why. That's why I will admit. I go to Planet Fitness, and I go to Planet Fitness because they do things to make it comfortable for everybody. When you go to Planet Fitness, you're not going to see your average. I pick things up and put them down type of person. You know what I mean? You're going to see somebody who your your average everyday person from all different age groups, all different sizes. You know what I mean? They're working out, and they actually – their machines hide the weight. So you, while you're lifting, nobody can really see how much you're really lifting. They can just see that you're lifting because the way that the weights are uh, designed, the way that they have it covered, that they only expose part of it if you're the one who is actually lifting the weights that can see how much weight you're lifting. To kind of make you feel comfortable because, there's no, you know, it's it's important. Because Planet Fitness is the judgment-free zone. <laughs> that is true. <laughs> oh golly! So it is. Can you believe we've been yakking for fifteen minutes? That's okay. We had a week uh, off. We uh, can yak. We yak, 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 and we're, we sometimes talk about nonsense. And um, so I, I believe our guest is on hold. Is that right? You want to bring him on? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Please um, help us welcome. Uh, Jay Z to the show. Hey Jay Z. Hey there. Hey, how are you? Jay Z on the show. Yes, yes, I am. The one and only. Wow. Who's Beyonce? I know. I was going to ask, how's Beyonce? <laughs> She's doing fabulous. Yes. Oh, so they're cheering me on at my uh, softball game today. So. Or that. <laughs> What is it, Blue Ivy or Blue Scarlet or something? Something. They were all there. Stacey, yeah, <laughs> welcome to the show. Um, before we kind of uh, get into anything um, regarding your HIV status, you actually live in Boston, right? I do. And just recently, obviously, we know about the Boston Marathon and the Bombers and all that stuff. Tell us a little bit about what it's been like for you up in that area. I mean, how close were you to where, you know, the, the marathon goes on and the explosions actually happen. I mean, are you close to that or? I am about a mile and maybe a mile and a half from from where it took place. 
um, and uh, the area that I would go to probably a few times a week. Um, wow. And I had a few friends running in the marathon who unfortunately were unable to uh, finish their dream of running the marathon this year. So um, it's been pretty pretty scary and pretty sad. Um, and uh, Boston's a pretty small town, so a, like a small city, you could walk it in a, a couple hours. So, like the it's whole one of those city, places I always wanted to, be able to be that close. <laughs> it's um, mm-hmm. it's it's you know the impact has been felt. Um, right. I mean, what was it like when they were telling you you couldn't leave your your house? You had to stay in your house. I mean, um, I I couldn't yeah, imagine like what it was like. Like, originally, after the bombings, um, they didn't make us go on lockdown. So I was determined to go out and do something. And then all of a sudden, I wake up the next morning. There have been shootouts and all this stuff, and we were on lockdown, and it was quite scary. Um, the area that the lockdown, or the area where the, the guys were at is uh, maybe five miles away, so it wasn't immediately in the area, but it was still scary to be on lockdown because, you know, they weren't exactly sure that they were over that the guy was over there in that neighborhood. Um so mm-hmm. I, I was pretty scared <laughs> and glued to the T V and it was just really surreal. It uh felt like um watching uh a movie I guess in some ways and uh and then in moments it would hit me that it was actually real. <laughs> so and there was a lot of emotion from being sad to being very angry to being really scared. Oh, I'm sure. I mean, I, I couldn't even imagine what that is like. And, I, you know, it's just ironic that you happen to be, you know, scheduled for this week and this happening and you're from Boston and blah, 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 blah. So I just wanted to talk a little bit about it, um, you know, because it's important. It's something that has affected, you know, our country. And, you know, we pray for the people who are there who are hurt. I mean, I mean lots of people were hurt. You know, over 100 people were were hurt or in the hospitals. Three people have passed away from it. I mean, it's it's horrific, and I can't imagine, you know, what that would be like for me. Um, so, on a softer note, let's kind of move over and talk a little bit about um, your you, you being HIV positive and, and things about that. That's why people are tuning in; they want to hear your story. Tell us, um, right. what made you go get tested? Um, yeah, what made you go get tested for HIV? Um, so I um. I had been tested every now and then when I was younger, and I went with my uh, best friend because he had just started seeing a guy and they wanted to start having unprotected sex. And so I thought, oh, I'll just go too. And um, that's why I originally went. It wasn't like some concern that I was or any real obligation to doing it. I mean, I I was doing it, but not as frequently as I think um, people should be doing, especially gay men. So anyway, I went with them, and um, it was back in the day when you had to wait a couple of weeks to get your results. Oh, and, I hated that. Uh, yes. <laughs> and so um, I didn't really think that I was going to be positive, so I didn't ask anyone to go with me to get the results. Right. And, um, and, of course, I was the only one to come back with a positive um, um, uh, result. So it was... Um, so... How did how did they tell you? Did you did you I'm sorry. Did you say you went to like a clinic or did you go to like a, one of your doctors or? or did no, you get I went to a, a free clinic. Uh, uh, it was called the Red Door Clinic in Minneapolis. It's a, a 
clinic for STD testing and HIV testing. Um, so it was a free clinic, and it's pretty anonymous. So I went there, and um, that's how I found out. Um, went alone, and they kind of, um, you know, they call people in, and some people you don't see again because they test positive so that you have a different exit to go out of. And, um, oh, wow. Had to go out the different exits, so, <laughs> um, so um, basically. <laughs> sorry, uh, I, I'm sorry. That that just. I don't know if they still do they that. They go in, but they don't come out. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Could you imagine being there for the first time ever, giving an HIV test, and you see some people come out and then. And no one else comes out. That would be terrifying. <laughs> I'm sorry. It's, yeah, it's, yeah, it was not exactly the, the best way. But at the same time, um, I see why they did it after I tested positive because there was no way I could walk out in a room full of people and, and adjust. <laughs> um, hmm. You know. So, so did, when they, did they did they offer you counseling? I mean, what 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 was your experience like when you tested positive? What what did they what did the clinic provide you? Um, well, they put me in touch with some people, but the the thing that really hit me or that I still remember to this day is that, and that I'm kind of thankful for, is that the person who gave me the results was a gay man who um, was a bit older and lived through the 80s and um, was just there to comfort me. He didn't say too much. He just let me cry, cry in his, you know, while he held me. And so... Um, and it gave me strength and, and to know that he was a brother you know a, a gay brother and um, there was you know a lot of um, I, I guess that was a really strong moment for me even though it was really a horrific <laughs> thing at the time for me to hear um, you know what that's one thing I, I want to he understood <laughs> right. right and I Wait, remember saying okay let me let me just ask you this real quick because um when I was going through the counseling and testing training, um, one of the big things that I felt that was important that, that people who were testing um, new, newly diagnosed people is that, that the, the, the importance of touch, you know what I mean? Like how important was it that that uh, tester was there for you and actually wrapped his arms around you and, and held you while you were upset and, and dealing with your diagnosis because a lot of testers won't do that um, because they feel it's uncomfortable or, so, I mean, for me, I think when you're diagnosed, it's important to know that you're able to be touched. And for that tester, even if it's just to put your hand on your on your knee and just be like, you know, everything's going to be okay, we've come a long way. I mean, how important was that that touch to you? Um, I would say it was very important um, because at that moment, you know, when as probably you've experienced, you feel, well, like, you're going to die, but you also feel quite unsexy and, and, and unloved or something. Um, and not that his touch was sexual, but it was just, um, you know, very comforting. comforting. Know yeah. that you're alive and know that, yeah, I mean, the touch definitely, like I mentioned it to you when I was saying it, the hug. And just to be held, I don't know how long he held me, but it seems, you know, for a long time. And it was very genuine and it was just nice. But had he not done that and just said, here's your results, here's your counseling, way you can get counseled, you'll be fine and live to be a long age, I don't think it would have um, been the same. Mm -hmm. You know. 
So, um, wh- who was the first person that you you told? Uh, my best friend. And and, and how was the that? one who went out tested? But um, so he was at work, and um, I called him, and I just uh, um, could barely get anything out uh, on the phone. You know, I just said, you need to come home. I'm, you know, and I told him, and he rushed home. But it was really, really tough for me. Um, and it was really tough for him to hear, but he, he came straight over. And we were living, we, it actually was my roommate at the time. So he was um, very comforting to me as well. I think uh, he probably held me for um, probably hours. So. Mm. And the touch is so important, you know what I mean? Like just knowing that you have that support. I mean, what other, what is your support system like now compared to when you were diagnosed? I mean, do you have a lot of HIV-positive friends? Um, it's really interesting. I um, Well, I, de- I, um, I didn't really know many people that were positive. Um, but when I first came out, I knew people who were because it came out in the 90s and people were still um, dying. Not as a rate, not at the rate that they were in the 80s, but people were still getting sick and dying. So when I first came out, I knew of people, and then there was a time when people were living and no one was ever talking about it. And um, so I only knew one other person who was HIV positive up until um, recently when I disclosed my status. And I've had people who um, who disclosed to me, and um, so it's been really in that way. Now I know. Um, and a lot of them aren't open with their statuses, you know, to anyone else. But um, it's just nice uh, to know that I have their support and that they feel comfortable telling me. You know, support is so important, and <clears throat> especially in the in the early days, and um, in the early days of diagnosis, and uh, and especially on the day of, because it, I mean, it, it it can be devastating news. Um, and I, I think your attitude towards the, the virus and the and, and and outlook it can be set within that first twenty four hours. I don't yeah, know if I mean, that makes I, sense. I think you're but, right in that. Yeah. You know, it's I was ma- lucky. Go ahead. I'm sorry. I don't mean to. No, no, you <laughs> no, no, no. You're the guest. You're the reason why we're here. Go for it. <laughs> well, good. <laughs> Um, well, I am Jay-Z after all, right? That's right. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I, the, the person that I had um, that, was, that I knew was HIV positive was a boss of mine at a company I worked for, and I had known that he was positive. So when I found out and I was able to finally cope with it and deal with it and go back to work, I confided in him, and that was huge for me. Um, He was, in the early days of me finding out, a great support system. I mean, he lived through the 80s, and um, and that's, you know, um, just knowing he lived through it. And he, uh, I remember it was at Christmas time, and he gave me a card um, saying, you know, you'll have many more of these cards, many more Christmases, and it just made me feel, you know, that that life would go on and I, I would grow to be old. So it was nice to have someone in the early days that, that understood and that that also had HIV. That's, that's awesome because, you know, it, it's so reassuring to know that, um, 
when you I, I think really the the biggest support you can get are, is from other people who are HIV positive as well. How how um, so? How long have you been diagnosed? Uh, going on, it's about eleven years. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I remember you that. Our, that. Our story is very similar. Yes. <laughs> when we spoke before, Jay-Z, I remember talking about that because you. I mean, because this June I'll be coming up on actually twelve years, um, being diagnosed HIV positive. Um. Tell us a little bit about uh, – well, Jeremy, first, before I get into any of the sports stuff, was there something you wanted to ask him real quick? No. Okay. I just thought I, I, thought I cut you off. Um, one of the things I wanted to, to talk about <laughs> is, is, is you being an athlete and playing sports and being HIV positive. It's something that, that I deal with, and I get a lot of questions from people. You know, how do you play uh, – you know, I play soccer, so how do you deal with – you know, soccer, if you get injured and there's blood, and you know, how is that dealt with during a game or practice and your teammates? So tell us a little bit about what sports you play um, as a result now, and then tell us what made you decide to come out to your teammates, um, you know, being HIV positive. Sure. Um, so I play – all three um, are in predominantly gay leagues. Um, so I play softball, um, flag football, and basketball. Um, so yeah. softball, do you play with the lesbians? <laughs> we have one lesbian on our team, or I think she's bisexual, but no, <laughs> I'm not that good. I can't play. I can't <laughs> so this is slow pitch, huh? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's something. That's for. <laughs> so um, yes, what was the other question? <laughs> <laughs> Which of those three do you like the, the most? Oh, I can't answer that. People are listening. <laughs> okay. Well, there I has to be one that, like, that you like to play, that, you know, that, that keeps you more on your toes, um, more competitive, that's a little bit more fun for you to play. I mean, okay, I love so playing I all sports, but there's that one. I will describe all three really quickly, <laughs> or what I like. So softball <laughs> is like my family. Um and it's where I feel the most comfortable being myself. Um, flag football is a lot of fun, um, and it's something I didn't even think I would know how to even do because I never liked football before. But it's a lot of fun um, and lots of eye candy, so I appreciate that. Um, <laughs> and they know how to drink and party. So, <laughs> um, And basketball was really tough for me. Um, because it was a sport that I have horrible memories of as a child uh, or younger, even teen, um, and we can talk about that later. But um, I found it to be very serious, and I never knew if I really liked it except for when I was out there playing. I enjoyed the heck out of it. And um, and uh, so I ended up by the end really loving it, and um, they had a huge party at the end, which made me really, really love it. So... Um, so th those are the things that I like about each one. Well, we can talk a little bit about, since you brought it up, basketball when you were younger. Um, what, what exactly happened when you were younger when you were playing basketball that kind of made you want to, you well, know? It goes back to the, uh, I guess it's kind of being an awkward kid, and um, I was kind of effeminate and um, had low self-esteem, and so... I um, was always picked last when it was just gym class basketball. And um, I even, you know, 
they would throw the ball at me on purpose or just try to hurt me on purpose. And so I had bad memories of that. And I remember trying out for basketball in um, high school and I actually made the team, even though I didn't really know how to play very well. And um, it was pretty clear they didn't actually want me on the team. So I just have, you know, horrible memories of being teased and um, just not wanted. So that for me was the hardest sport going back into playing it because, you know, the early memories of, of, of that and um, there's just something about a lock or not a locker room. <laughs> there's something about uh, um, being in a gym, that, you know, from, uh, locker room and gym can be <laughs> completely different, but um, something about being back in a gym, I guess, when you have memories of it not being so great because um, we played inside. Uh, so it right. took me even playing with the gay league. It took me probably over half the season to feel comfortable playing and to really get into the game and to realize, um, and, and actually just to become a better player and to realize that I can be good and things like that. And it's okay if I mess up too, you know, so that they weren't going to be making fun of me. Well, that's not fun. I think that's, I, I, I kind of identify with that because I'm always afraid of, um, of, of being uh, made fun of, you know, especially in a sports situation because I, I, I can identify with that aspect of it because I was always picked on in, in school for, especially during gym class, and it was, it was really difficult for me. So I, I, I get that. So. It's unfortunate that the scars go on for so long, you know. We're out of yeah. school for so long, but yet they're still lingering there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I've got I, – I'm dreading my 20-year high school reunion that's coming up. Oh, my Lord. Um, yeah, let's not talk about those. Jay-Z, tell us about this. Tell, tell me um, what made you decide to come out to your teammates and how did you do it? Uh, well, I used social media. I used Facebook. Um, I just um, came to a point in my life where I wanted to start living my life um, honestly and, and not hiding anything anymore. And I just felt like I couldn't completely be myself. Um, and I'm the type of person that um, also wants to help inspire other people. And I felt like if I can't be completely open, how am I going to, um, you know, inspire other people and, and help other people. So so you just posted it on Facebook and that was that? What did you post? Do you yeah, remember? Yeah. yeah, I posted it on Facebook and um listened to a Lady Gaga song, I think Hair <laughs> and uh <laughs> started checking my messages to make sure it was okay. I was that I was getting positive responses because <laughs> I was about to have a panic attack after I put it on there thinking, Oh my god, what am I doing? Why am I doing this? Yeah. Do you remember what your what, do you remember what your post said? Um, basically that um, I'm not ashamed of being you know that I'm HIV positive and I'm not I'm not ashamed of it and um, I have been for some time and I put in there because I was in a long term relationship um, that I wanted to make sure that people knew that my partner wasn't HIV positive because I just know how people you know, stigmatized and things like that. So I just wanted to make sure that since I put that in there as well, that he isn't. 
Um, so, no, it's interesting in this day and age that people are using social media, uh, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, things like that, to actually um, come out to people about living with HIV and to promote awareness and to end stigma. Uh, we had a couple of guests on who talked about it. Uh, James uh, Brennick here in Philly, or actually in Jersey, actually spoke about how that's how he came out to his family and friends by posting it on Facebook. And, you know, it seems to be easier that way because you get it all out in one, you know, hoo-ha. Right. Yeah, I mean, exactly. I was able to tell pretty much everyone I know. And um, the interesting thing is that once I did that, obviously people talk which is fine. But I had people at my gym who I had never met come up to me and just thank me for for coming out. And um, I thought it was just um, empowering in that way. I mean, total strangers heard my story from, you know, someone that told them. And uh, it made me feel really powerful. And that, um, you know, any time that I have regrets about coming out, I think back to those moments of people telling me their statuses or thanking me for doing it or saying I'm an inspiration, and it really, you know, makes it all worth it for me. It, I, 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 again, I agree. It's Sometimes I start, I, I think, why am I doing what I'm doing? And then, and then you get the, um, then you get someone who says, thank you. Thank you for doing what you're doing. And and, and, and that makes it all worth it, I think. Yeah. Because <laughs> at times it gets tough. You know, I'm like, wow, I've really put myself out there. And um, <laughs> um, But then then you get the positive reinforcement and it, it overpowers the um, or any sort of regrets that might pop up. Yeah, I agree. So how did um how did your friends and how did your actually your family react when you um first told them that you were HIV positive? Were they supportive? I mean, were they educated about it? Well, not all of my family knows. Um so uh but the ones who do know are supportive. And actually they knew before this before I posted on Facebook. Um so they were very supportive. Uh a lot of my family probably figure that I would have it anyway because uh, I'm from the deep south and a lot of them think every person who's gay has it. And mm-hmm. so, um, like, I remember coming out to uh, part of my dad's side of the family and they just, um, one in particular um, aunt wouldn't let me eat off of her plate. So um, I don't think she would probably, you know, she probably thought I had HIV at the time and was scared of it, but either way, would not react very well to it. So, but the family that I have told is, has reacted well. <laughs> That's great. I, actually, uh, real quick, I want to open up the phone lines. I see we have somebody who's uh, I'm going to bring on to ask you a question or has a comment oh, for wow. you, Jay Z. Okay. Uh, you guys can reach us at three four seven two one five nine four four two. Again, three four seven two one five nine four four two, and press the one button so we know you want to come on air. Uh, let's bring on area code 904, which is a friendly face from Florida. Who's this? Hey, it's Jared. <laughs> I'm sorry. Hey, Jared. Hey, how are you doing? Good, how are you? I'm good. Um, I was just wanting to, I don't know, to like share my experience, I guess, um, you know, like with my, my mom and stuff. Like, like she's my 
I guess my biggest um my biggest person in my support group you, you know like I don't know it, <laughs> kind of tongue tied <laughs> but she's actually listening tonight <laughs> so your mom's your biggest support yeah she's she's been very very supportive since I've been diagnosed um last June. Well, it's important that that we, that you have a mother like that. Though not everybody is lucky to have some parents that are so supportive. Yeah, but um, like you actually met my mom, I believe, when you went down to Florida. I did. Yes. Yeah. But, um, I don't know. I was just wanna wanting to share that. <laughs> well, that's awesome. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Do you have a question or or anything for Jay Z? Um. Well, I don't know. My, my mind just went blank. <laughs> okay. <laughs> That's fine. We'll um, let you uh, listen on hold, Jared. All right. No, it, it's important that, um, you know, we have that support from our parents. Um, a lot of times when we're diagnosed, I know for me, I kind of felt like I let my mother down, you know, by becoming infected with HIV, by not using a condom, by not practicing safe sex you know, by being promiscuous, but doing things like this, I feel like I let my my mother down. So to have a supportive parent now, you know what I mean? I, I think it's important that parents are supportive to their, their, their kids who are, you know, newly diagnosed. Because, you know, it, it may feel horrible for that parent, but imagine what your child is going through. It's probably ten times worse than what you are actually dealing with. And, and a parent is supposed to always be there for their child regardless. So I think it's great that Jared has that and his mother. Um, so, Jay-Z, tell us a little bit um, about what you're doing in the HIV community now, because I know you do some volunteering up in Boston. I do. Um, there is a, um, a, a community center called the Boston Living Center that um, I've helped out. They, they do meals for um, people with HIV and AIDS. So I've helped serve the food and um, things like that or, you know, um, there's another place called Community Servings where they deliver meals to people who are unable to leave their houses. So I've helped um, package those meals as well. Um, And then um, I've also involved in the, I think you've heard of them, the Stigma Project too. Um, Yes, yes. So... Haven't been doing too much with them yet because they're still getting off the their the feet or whatever, but off the ground. But um, so that's another one I'm involved in. And then um, I I'm always up for doing any volunteer work uh, whenever it comes available. But I mostly am doing it for the Boston Living Center and the community servings. And yeah, that's, they're both that's, uh, that's, really that's great program. So. No, that's important. And through that, those, I've found know. some support too. I've, you know, have um, met interesting people, and and um, it's opened my eyes too uh, because of the the demographics are changing of HIV, and so a lot of the people that those organizations serve are um, becoming more heterosexual. So it's been sort of eye-opening for me in that way too, um, just to see, you know, straight people who have HIV or AIDS. So. Yeah, they don't, they don't, um, you don't, I mean, there's a lot of them that, you, a lot of, you know, heterosexual people that are open about their status, but there's, I think there's a lot more 
gay people who are open about their status online and involved in activism and there are straight people and I'm sure we'll get letters and tweets and emails saying that that's not true that you know there's plenty of heterosexual people who are active and, and yes I agree there are there's many of our friends uh, Bob Bowers you know a lot of people who are very active and I applaud and love them for what they do but I think we need to make more noise um, from all aspects of sexuality regardless of gay straight whatever so um, tell me a, a little bit about I know you said you were in a long-term relationship. You are, are, are you still single? Because I think you said you left that relationship. And or how is dating for you being HIV positive? Because you, when you were diagnosed, you, were you in a relationship? Uh, I had just met my um, ex-partner, so he was there right. in the beginning as well. So. so what is it like now kind of starting over after you left that relationship and now dating again? And see, that's the, the other thing, the other I guess to why I posted it on Facebook and, and decided to come out because when I was with him for so long, I didn't really feel completely like it was necessary for people to know to the extent, you know what I mean? Because I was already in a relationship. And so mm-hmm. um, it's, um, I've, um, it, it's tough. Uh, part of it is, I mean, Boston is a small community, so I know that by telling people in the sports leagues, it's gotten out to other people more. Um, and so that, in a way, is easy for me. But at the same time, um, it's also kind of tough because people already know that I am. and Or the ones who don't know that I am, I have to tell them. But the ones who already know that I am, um, I don't know. So what I noticed is uh, there were a few guys interested in me um, before I told my status, and then once I told everyone, they sort of lost contact with me. So um, it's been a bit um, – I'm not even sure I'm looking to date, but it's, uh, right. it's, it's tough, I guess. I never know when the right time is to tell the ones who don't know already. Um, you know, I've I've been on – websites and put my status and then people don't necessarily talk to me so um well i think the good thing about being open about your status like you are and we are is it kind of weeds out all the assholes that you don't want to really date anyway because they're probably too superficial to see past you know somebody being hiv positive to see the person for who they are and you know they're missing out so for me i think you're kind of doing yourself a big service by actually putting it out there because you're you're not having to deal with a lot of, you know, the jerks that come along that you may fall in love with, may not fall in love with before you disclose, and then once you disclose, you're heartbroken. Well, that's very true. Yeah, you're right. So let's weed out I mean, all the jerks. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. Let's weed them out. <laughs> I do have to say what gets on my nerves on, like, um, sites like, or apps like Grindr or things like that is people will put drug and disease free or must be clean, things like that. I'm like, well, I would never talk to them anyway, but sort of, um, it, I guess it plays into the whole stigma thing, but. It um, certainly does. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> and I'm like, you know, yeah, I don't know. It, it's so, funny when they talk to me and then I'm like, okay, well, this isn't going to go far because I've already seen what you've said. <laughs> You're not going to be able to handle the truth. So, <laughs> But no, it's. Uh, I don't know exactly if I'm really looking to date because I'm out of a long-term relationship. But um, and I'm not sure how it will play out. 
being HIV positive. Um, because it's the first time I'm really dealing with it. I, you know, I, my ex was wonderful about it. So starting anew, I guess, is is a bit tough, and it's scary. Starting new and fresh can be scary, can be exciting, um, mm-hmm. and it, it's because you have the power now, right? You've got the power to write your own future at this point, and um, and. And I know you didn't ask for my advice, but I'm going to give it to you anyway. Um, <laughs> but it's okay. <laughs> but hey, here it is. Enjoy it. Enjoy being, you know, finding yourself. Enjoy, um, enjoy doing things for yourself. Enjoy answering to just you, and and uh, and is and is. I'm probably going to get a lot of flack for saying this. Uh oh. Uh oh. You don't warning. need someone. <laughs> warning of me. You don't need someone else in your life to validate who you are, and um, and sometimes for those of us who who do go from long term relationship to long term relationship, and then we find ourselves single, it's this. It's a it's a very scary and exciting time, and and and, and what we have to realize is that we don't need that other person to validate who we are or or why we're doing the things we're doing. Um, just love yourself and, and go from there. That I yeah. agree with. Speaking about... I agree um, with that. Thank you. Yeah. Speaking, You're welcome. He's so well-spoken. <laughs> um, speaking about loving yourself, you know, Growing up as, as, as you know, as gay and, and then becoming HIV positive, all three of us have that in common. Um, you know, we deal with a lot of self-esteem issues. I know for me growing up, um, I had low self-esteem. I know, Jay-Z, you were speaking about that earlier in the interview. What Has that changed at all as, as you became an adult, um, your low self-esteem? And has HIV at all played a part in that change? Um, well, when I first became HIV positive, it made my self-esteem even worse. I felt very dirty mm-hmm. and, and unlovable and, and not sexy. Um, then I was in a long-term relationship, and it made me feel wonderful and sexy and, and that HIV didn't matter, and my self-esteem grew. I would say um, that sports have really um, impacted me and, and made my self-esteem um, much higher because I – you know, playing sports, you have to become a little bit more confident, and um, it, it made me grow. I'm less shy. I'm uh, much more comfortable in my skin. Obviously, I shared my status with people, so um, that's something I wouldn't have ever done until I experienced uh, playing sports um, and and growing as a person. So I would say um, being HIV positive is has actually in the beginning made me feel horrible and, and dirty and that no one would ever love me and things like that. But it, it seems now that I've shared my story and played sports and all that, I, my self-esteem is much higher and I'm able to love myself That's awesome. probably for because, once in my life. Well, what is it that RuPaul says? If you, you can't, can't love, love yourself, yourself well, can you love anyone else? Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> you know, as, as as silly and as campy as that show is, I, I think when that those are words that everybody needs to hear, you know, over mm-hmm. and over and over again, you know? It's true. That's right. <laughs> I mean, if I could just go back to my 
just how I am now, go back and tell the 20-year-old, 24-year-old mm. guy that life would be, <laughs> that I would be a much different person and much more secure in myself, you know. It well, I, I, oh, I think so, too. I think if we could go back and talk to our younger selves, but then again, would you... <laughs> Then on the flip side is, would you want to rob yourself of those learning experiences? No, no, not at all. <laughs> and right. some of the good experiences, too. I had quite some fun. So. <laughs> <laughs> I'm much more boring now, so no, I <laughs> probably would not. <laughs> so, uh, I mean, I'm usually in bed by this hour, so. <laughs> <laughs> we're keeping them up late, folks. <laughs> Uh, you know, one of the, I want to get just a little bit back onto you being an athlete. Uh, one of the the Twitter questions that always uh, that comes to us a couple times since we've talked about having you on the show, and and when we talk about you know playing sports and being HIV positive, is in the sports that you play, how likely is it to transmit HIV to another person? Not likely at all. Um, I mean, it's, I mean, it's, it's I honestly tough. I <laughs> I get hurt all the time, especially in softball, I'm just recovering from a concussion, but my team would definitely tell you I get hurt all the time and um, I've had bloody legs and and everything. And, and it's, you know, for one, I'm undetectable on medication. Um, the other is even if I'm bleeding out, they would have to be bleeding out, like gaping. So it's really not um, something that is going to be contracted, you know, that way. No, I and, I agree. That's and I'm one assuming you're on. I, I, and I'm assuming you're on medication. Yes, yes, I am. So your viral load is suppressed. It's undetectable. Undetectable. You're, yes. You're even less less of a risk to anyone. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and so, um, yeah, and um, I got hurt in flag football, but I just got a black eye in it sort of a concussion, so there was no blood there anyway, but even still, yeah, you're right, being undetectable, and I'm not a risk to them, to anyone. Right. And, 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 I'm a risk and most, myself, but... <laughs> but in, in most sports, I know, like in, in soccer that I play, that if there is blood or whatever, there's always an automatic substitution, and they they assume that the athlete or the, the player who is hurt is HIV positive, and they sub them out immediately until the blood is then covered up, which I assume would go more with your you playing basketball. That probably would. I just never of... heard in basketball, so I don't know. Mm-hmm. Well, I know something that That's they do the in soccer. Is they... <laughs> <laughs> so t- tell us, um, you know, during the interview when I was working with another project for you, one of the things we talked about is who um, who is your professional athlete crush? Tell us. <laughs> I think uh, for someone stupid, I think Rob Gronkowski of, <laughs> um, is, um, uh, is hot from the Patriots. Uh, for a stupid yeah, so that's who you said. Like, someone I would sleep with. But um, I like, uh, I think, is it Mark Mitchum? Mitchum from the, the diver, a swimmer diver from the Olympics. Ah. Uh, um, uh, Right? You're asking the wrong guy. Yeah. Uh, 
Yeah, I don't know. I should know but, my but, crushes, right? <laughs> yeah, you should know your crushes. But I do have a caller, so I want to bring this caller on the air. Area okay. code 505. You're on live. Who's this? My name oh, is Robert Fernandez. Hi, Robert. My How are you? Robert I'm all right. How about yourself? Good. Welcome to the show. Do you have a question? I just have uh, just a, a thing to put out there that yeah, I almost died last year. I got really bad PCP pneumonia, and I am now undetectable and on meds, and I'm doing very well. I made it a point to join an organization to help with my recovery, and it's working. That's I've awesome. been with the Orlando Gate Chorus. Oh, yeah. My, my thing is singing, so uh, my thing is singing, so I kind of do that a, a lot. <laughs> well, that's good, but you're 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 doing better now. Oh yeah, I'm I'm almost 100 percent better. Never well, be all awesome. the way better, but I'm getting there. Good, good. Well, thanks for thanks for calling in and sharing with us. We're actually down to our last minute, so I got to let you go. But thanks for calling in and right. listening. No worries. Cool. So, Jay-Z, where can people find you? Are you on Twitter? Or are you on, where are you at? Where can they find you to follow you? Um, well, I am on Twitter and Facebook. Um, so, Twitter, uh, I guess I will. It's, um, Twitter is Southie Guppy. So, it's S-U-T as in Tom, H-I-E, G as in girl, U, P as in Paul, P as in Paul, I, E as in Ernie. Southie Guppy. And I think you had a link to my Facebook. Uh, yeah. I think you linked yeah. me or tagged me, so that's another way they can find me. Yeah, people can find you there and on the Facebook page. So, Jay-Z, the last question that we always um, ask people is, what advice would you give to somebody who is newly diagnosed? Um, you know, that it's okay to cry um, and to... Um, and to really cry, but to know that your life will continue. Um, and in many ways, um, can be even better than you thought it was going to be. Because I think when you are confronted with something like HIV, um, you can really grow from it. Knowing that, I mean, not that I think I'm going to die any mo- moment, but it, it brings... Um, that into reality, that that life, all life ends. But um, for me, it's made my life. Uh, I've done things that I wouldn't have ever done. I've experienced things, and I've pushed myself beyond my comfort zone. And so, um, not saying that people are going to die, you know, tomorrow or whatever, but just to know that that they will, that we all die. I think it, um, it gives you a sense of that you should do things and that you should live every day to the fullest, really. Um, and so that's my advice. Cry, but also know you'll live a long time, but do what you want and enjoy life. Don't put off no, I agree. and contemplate whether you should do it. You should do it if you think you should do it. No, I agree. Jay-Z, thank you for hanging out with us for the hour and sharing your story. And we'll send people to your, your Twitter and Facebook page so you can get some followers and all that stuff. And I wish you much luck with everything going forward, and I hope to have you come back on the show sometime soon. I would love it. You guys were great. It was wonderful.
You were great. Thanks, thank man. you so much for having me. Thank you. I had a lot of fun. <laughs> I was thank you so much for time. having me. <laughs> <laughs> Not yet, Jeremy. <laughs> Freudian <Really>? slip. <laughs> <laughs> yes, and uh, remember, it's uh, what is it, Shafi Guppy on uh, Twitter. You can follow our guests. We'll put it in the chat room for you all. Thank you all for tuning in. Um, next week, uh, we'll have uh, our show posted for next week. You can find more information about uh, myself and Jeremy Dunn and the radio show and past interviews and all our guests by going to Pazayan.com. Jeremy's personal website is PositivelySpeaking.com. Go there, check him out, Facebook, Twitter, all that good stuff. Jeremy, have yourself a great night. You too. Have a great week, everybody. And thanks for tuning in. We'll talk to you next week. Bye-bye. What's going on out here? We got changes to make. It's time to wake up for humanity's sake. Break the silence today before it's too late. AIDS is affecting us, disrespecting us. I'ma go get tested. It's a simple maneuver. It's not about the past. It's about my future. I'm not trying to miss it. I won't be a statistic, so I protect myself whenever I'm intimate. At this moment, I decided to have a plan. It's time to take a stand, because AIDS, I'm greater than. This is Senior Chaos, and this was my deciding moment. Tell us yours at greaterthan.org.